Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talks Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, and as I say, every show, helping you to walk in your purpose. There's a lot going on right now, and I know that you have a lot of questions. I've made it my commitment to bring to you everything I know as soon as I receive it, but I'm not the only information resource. Make sure that you are reading and tuning in to other content providers that are bringing you their version of the information they receive because an informed mind makes better decisions. So on the show today, on my Cat Builder Minute, I'm going to go through how extraordinary people spend their free time. Now, yes, I use the word extraordinary, but it's not different.
So I want you to focus on this. Work on the right stuff because every skill you acquire doubles your odds of success. Anything you learn new increases your opportunity to generate more revenue and be more successful. So I don't want to take up too much more time because I think this show about the Urban League, we're going to spend time on that. So I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, we're going to talk to Ms. Nancy St. Johnson, CEO and President of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta. And she's going to tell you what the Urban League has been up to and what the Urban League is doing to help the community during this crisis. Smart Fire Am, Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'm going to start this conversation off. You know, I set the stage earlier in the show. I'm going to read it one more time because I think you need to know it. The Urban League of Great Atlanta has been serving the community for 100 years. Matter of fact, this is the centennial year for the Urban League, and what a year has turned out to be. As it has done for 100 years, the league rises in the face of adversity to represent the community the entire community. But there are people that don't know exactly what the Urban League does, but the people that do are Urban Leaguers for Life. So today I want to welcome Nancy Plague Johnson, the CEO of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, to the show. And we're going to talk about what the Urban League does, who she is, and how we're really working during this crisis to help the community. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thank you so much. You know, Nancy, uh, I want to start first with you introducing yourself, because uh, I do want to go into the Urban League, but I want people to know who you are as well. So I want you to introduce yourself, and because you've been walking a path for a long time, I call it a purposeful path, and it led you to where you're at right now. 
So I want people to learn a little bit about that, but I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know who you are. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So I'm Nancy Flake Johnson. Uh, I am the president of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta, and I have been in this role since 2008. So as of July 1, I will have had this position for uh, 12 years. And prior to that, I worked with the Detroit Urban League, which is my hometown, as their vice president of programs and partnerships. Um, I, I'm a Detroiter through and through, but uh, Atlanta is definitely my home. I started out right out of college from Howard University. My first job was here in Atlanta. And so I've had roots here for many years, and uh, this is definitely home for me. Uh, it's an honor to serve in this role. I love people. Um, my years at Howard, both as a student and then later, uh, I worked there for 10 years, and I, I was a uh, professor, but I was really the director of the Small Business Development Center in my late 20s and early 30s, and that really was when I realized my purpose. And so um, I made my way to the Urban League. And so I'm just very thankful to have the opportunity through the league to have really just the opportunity to, in, in such a broad way, uh, uh, do our best to make the life better, make lives better for African Americans and anyone that seeks our, our services. Um, we are a person-to-person -person organization that is vested in the economic success of Americans, and we coach them to a, a better life. We evaluate where people are, um, help them um, to equip them with what they need, and we help elevate them to where they want to go. So it's a partnership. We love collaborations, and uh, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> you in a nutshell. It's a big old nutshell. It's a big old <laughs> nutshell. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about this. You know, I said earlier, a lot of times people don't know what the Urban League does, and you kind of told them what we do. But let's let's dig a little deeper into, you know, the mission of the Urban League. Let's, I, Let's talk about the 100 years. I mean, this is our 100-year yeah. celebration, and it's not going the way we planned, but we still step it up. So let's let's talk about the 100 years of service that the Urban League has provided to the Atlanta market. Oh, for sure. So um, first of all, nationally, the National Urban League, uh, we are a civil rights organization, first and foremost. And But what makes us um, distinguished uh, from some of our other civil rights organizations, and each of us has our own uh, kind of specialty or niche as it relates to uh, human rights. But Urban Leagues has always been uh, focused on direct services to African Americans. And it's always been focused around uh, porting black people to move up economically. So we got our start in the midst of the Great Migration. Uh, don't really know how the Great Migration began, but what we do know is that conditions in the South and for black people pretty much everywhere were horrendous. Uh, 
we were struggling economically. Many African Americans um, were sharecroppers, and um, I know my my family migrated from uh, Opelika, Alabama when my father was four years old and went straight up what we now know as 75 North and landed in Detroit. And um, that's where my grandfather, who once was a a horse doctor, uh, took his family, worked for the post office. My dad went on to be a doctor. And and so I grew up Detroit all the way. Uh, hard workers, you know, we, we believe in our families and home ownership and business and entrepreneurship. And so many families took that journey and seeking this better life because at the same time, the Industrial Revolution was taking place and factories were popping up and word spread that these factories were hiring people at a fair wage and you could live better. And uh, unfortunately, when many families made that trek to to Atlanta, to uh, uh, New York City and every hub along the way, the doors weren't wide open. And so Urban League is really the result of uh, four organizations, two primarily white, two African-American or black, came together because they wanted to help families that had come to New York looking for a better life but needed help to plug in to the jobs, to housing, to health care, to education. Those fundamental things that make anybody's life, you know, good, worth living, you know, quality. I really wish that I could tell you that we didn't need the Urban League anymore. But in the wake of coronavirus and the recession, wow, we're going to be needed like never before. Yeah. And so we're we're here to stand up to that. You know, it's interesting you said that because I was thinking the same thing. It doesn't seem like much has changed from 100 years ago to today. We're still, because the work, I mean, we're still dealing with some of the same issues, you know, access to capital, jobs, and things like that. So let's talk about what the Urban League does internally you know, uh, we don't have to do a deep dive. You know, I don't, I don't have you for a lot of time. I know you've been You know, let's, let's stop for a minute. You just got appointed to the governor's council, you know, um, this whole COVID-19 recovery thing. Let's talk about that for a second. What's that about? Well, um, as some people, most people probably don't know, but one of the things that um, – I think most governors across the country have done is they've formed a a task force to help them make decisions and deploy resources and things like that uh, with respect to the virus. And here in Georgia, uh, Governor Kemp originally stood up four committees. Uh, One is on emergency preparedness. Another is economic impact primary health care, and the fourth is uh, homeless placement. And um, so um, those are the four committees. They've been making recommendations. Many people may know that Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was uh, uh, asked uh, by the governor to chair homelessness and displacement. And, um, And her committee has actually already given their first set of recommendations to the governor. 
Um, one of the things as we began to learn more about this and became, you know, began to realize how serious things were, um, we gathered up with folks we work with all the time and said, you know, let's get together and and share information now. We need to be tight. We need to be to know what resources are flowing, how we can help the people that we serve, and make sure that, you know, folks are taken care of. And so out of that came a, a group that we call the Black Leadership Coalition, and it's open. It's, um, you know, it's just open, really, to any organization that serves African Americans or people who are vulnerable, and we get together and we share information. Well, um, one of the leaders of the organizations is uh, Karen Bennett. She is the chair of the Georgia Legislative Black Caucus, and she was awesome enough to uh, help us connect with some of the governor's um, top people, the person over who's the commissioner of health, Dr. Catherine Toomey, um, the person who's over uh, emergency preparedness, and uh, some other team members of his uh, to give us a chance to just find out what was going on, what were their plans, how were they going to support people. And um, sometime after that, we found out that the governor uh, made it, and we were advocating for diversity on those committees. Um, and we learned this past Saturday that he decided to add a fifth committee. And this fifth committee is called Community Outreach. And so we, um, we've we just met for the first time. We're literally just organizing. Um, but, you know, in general, it's it's a committee made up of very diverse people from across the state uh, to make sure that all the citizens in Georgia have a voice and, um, you know, have an opportunity to uh, make recommendations to the governor. Wow, that's outstanding. I mean, that's pretty prestigious there. So uh, congratulations. I know everybody was sending the emails and everything all day. I'm even going to put a little more... Uh, a little more applause. No, no. Here's what I tell everybody. Uh, they say, oh, you're on the committee. I'll say we. We're on the committee. We, yeah. I'm right, on the committee. Right. We're on the committee. And that's yeah, what right. it's about. And uh, there's several so, people on the committee. I'm Leona Davenport with Atlanta Business League, okay. Uh, okay. Reverend Tim McDonald, Concerned Black Clergy, and others. So, And, of course, Bernice King, Dr. King, is the one of the co-chairs along with uh, her uh, Leo Smith, who's, they're both dynamic. Talk about the shifts or the things that the Urban League is focused on during this crisis and how we're trying to help yeah. people understand what's going on. Yes, yes. So um, where should we begin? Let's, let's start with individuals. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, this, the legislation is so voluminous. Uh, it is being interpreted every single day. So I want to give a, a disclaimer to your audience that I don't know everything there is to know. But we have made it our business to try to stay up on the provisions that we know will affect the greatest number of people that we serve. And so probably one of the first things is that um, most people have heard about the economic impact payments that, um, quote, all Americans will get. 
and that's probably the most immediate thing that's going to happen. I can tell you that um, at the Urban League, our job is to help people uh, respond to questions about it, make sure that those who have not filed their taxes, that they get connected with resources to get their taxes completed so they can access the resources and that they understand what they're entitled to. In general, um, it's really based on household income. And on the high end, uh, to get the full payment of $1,200 for an individual up to uh, $2,400 for a married couple plus up to $500 for each qualifying child. Those are the general kind of rules. Uh, household income is 75000 for a single person, and it's double that for a married couple. That's to get 100% of the money. As long as your income doesn't exceed those amounts, you will get those dollars. And if you file the tax return, you don't have to do anything. If you put your bank account information, if you got a refund and you put your bank account information and that refund came to your bank account, you don't have to do a thing. You will be, you will get the dollars are theoretically going to show up according to the IRS website as we speak from March 30th, it said, in approximately three weeks. So look for your bank account. If you didn't put bank account information, a check will be cut and mailed to your last known address on your return. What we don't know, and you know, is that if you know now that your either your bank account information has changed or your address has changed and you didn't put it, then it obviously it would make sense for you to try to reach the IRS and make that change. Um, that's where I'm not sure of the process, but I would uh, be willing to, you know, research that if any of your members of your audience need that information. Um, if your income's over that, but not over $99,000 for a single person and not over $198,000 for a married couple, you will get some portion of that. It will be prorated, and it zeroes out. above those income levels. So this is a one-time payment, and the good news about this, these payments, according to information, will continue to be made through December 31st. So for people that haven't filed their taxes, they don't have to worry. Possible the payments will still be made is what we're being told. Well, that's that's for individuals, so... You know, I mean, yes. you know, I get as a director of entrepreneurship, you know, I think it blown up because of uh, what do I do about my business? So what's happening in those arenas? In the small business well, owner? you know, if you're if you're a sole proprietor, um, then your Schedule C net income carries into your personal return and you will get these dollars. That's our understanding. Okay. Anybody mm-hmm. that filed a tax return. And the other bit of information that we've been told, and this has not been fully verified, but that if you did not file a return, you can still file one even if you weren't required to. So let's say you didn't have any income or you had very little income. File that return. Now, I understand the electronic 
systems won't file zero returns, but you can mail in a return theoretically, get in the system, document your dependence, and still get a check down the, lo- down the line. And that's critically important for a lot of people that we're concerned about because there's still tons of people that are uh, unemployed, long-term unemployed, underemployed, who may not be required to file a return that need these dollars that may not receive them automatically. So that's really critical. Yeah. That's critical. Yeah. Yep. But now let's talk about small businesses. So um, small businesses um, really fall have two potential opportunities for resources. And one, which is very different than normal, unemployment benefits. Um, I understand that a sole proprietor is entitled to apply for unemployment benefits. Uh, so if you let's say you've got a, a hairstylist who clearly is hit dramatically right now because of the distancing requirements and social uh, distancing and, and so forth, their income is pretty much dropped to zero. So what a great provision that those individuals can apply for unemployment. Um, let's talk about unemployment. Uh, normally, the amount a person gets is dependent upon the state in which they live. Now, here in Georgia, we have one of the lowest unemployment rates of pay in the whole country. So the fact that this stimulus for COVID-19 is adding on top of whatever your state pays an additional $600 a week to your unemployment, that is that's a game changer. That will give people some security. And so, so for example, if, if you were going to ordinarily get $300 a week, you will now get $900 a week for unemployment. And that can be, um, and see, Georgia, I think they used to only let you get it for like 10 weeks. Now it's 13 weeks. And if you're still unemployed at the end of that period, you can apply for one more extension. So that's probably good information for your listeners. No, that's great information. I'm good. Fantastic yeah. information because a lot of people right now are not sure what to do. You know, and we yep. do have a lot of people that are hairdressers, caterers, people that have, yep. you know, most of the businesses I support are service-based businesses. We These businesses interact with people, and right now they can't do that. So this exactly. is very critical information, you know, for those types of people. So, yeah, it's yeah, very unusual because normally self-employed uh, individuals are not eligible for unemployment under any circumstances. So we have to give credit where credit is due that this provision was included. So that's one thing, unemployment. The other uh, opportunity for resources is based on SBA loans. And for any business with under 500 employees, and in some cases, you know, depending on your industry, 
They have five standards um, at the SBA. You can look up your industry online and just verify that it is 500 or less and uh, and what the revenue requirements are. Now, I have a uh, a friend from Howard who is a physician in Virginia, and he called me concerned because he's part of a consortium of doctors that have their separate practices, but they all operate under one tax ID number. And so the IRS is looking at them as one employer, and they have 575 employees collectively. But individually, they have much fewer. And so they're struggling to figure out how do we fit, you know, and it's it's those little technicalities that have to be worked through. But on the loan side, there's actually um, three, well, really four different options. There's something called the Paycheck Protection Program. And this loan is um, provides for loan forgiveness. This is one that I encourage, you know, any small business uh, out there to definitely pursue and determine if you qualify for it. Um, it is. Uh, it calculates based on two and a half times your average payroll for the month. So you have to have well. Let me put for the Paycheck Protection Program. You have to have employees. But I also understand you generally have to have employees. But it's self-employed individuals, Schedule C, with they count themselves as the employee, so you you have one employee, which would be yourself, do qualify for this, okay? And um, and you can also include uh, average health care benefits, uh, rent, and utilities. Now, one of the things I definitely want to say to your listeners, um, and I will need to say it more than once probably, but the key with the forgiveness of this loan is the dollars have to be used for those specific purposes, to retain employees, pay them salary, to pay your rent, your utilities, and your health uh, care costs. Um, if you use those dollars for something else, the fine print is there. You could be subject to fines, penalties, mm. and even uh, criminal conviction and imprisonment. Just want to oh. make sure that people you know, are clear, and I, I'm sure. I mean, right now, as much as people are in stress, you're going to use it for your business. But um, let's just say, for example, things get better for your business in three months and you haven't used all the dollars you borrowed. You don't want to go out and use those dollars for something else. Uh, you're going to need to either prepay them back. There's no prepayment penalty or use them as intended. And, um, and you, you know, seek advice on these things if you're unsure. Just don't want people a year from now, two years from now, to have a bunch of fines and, you know, penalties creeping up because records were not maintained well and they can't verify that the dollars were used for what was intended. What about nonprofits? Nonprofits? And faith-based organizations um, also generally not uh, eligible uh, for small business loans and things. 
are eligible for these loans. In fact, the faith-based community got busy because they have very specific categories on almost all the forms. Nonprofits, community-based organizations, I struggled to find, because we applied for one of these loans for the Urban League, and I struggled to find a category in which we fit because we're not a faith-based organization, we're, and they didn't have human services there. They didn't have workforce development, but they did have an educational services organization. And, you know, that was the closest fit for us. So, you know, that's an area you know, that now, Urban would help. Now we, now, we operate on faith, but we're not faith-based, is what you say, you know. Correct. Oh, I love that. That is very true. You know this. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, and then, um, so then there's another loan that is called the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And there's two components to this loan. The first is that you can very simply and quickly request a $10,000 advance on this loan to get some initial dollars in quickly. Again, this applies to uh, sole proprietors. It applies to independent contractors. And that's something, you know, you and I talked about. We need to make sure our independent contractors right. that do a lot of work with the Urban League know this um, so they can determine if this is appropriate for them. What's beautiful about the advance is the advance, there is an opportunity for the advance to be uh, forgiven. And then in addition to the advance, you can apply for a general working capital loan. And the beautiful thing of this, and they have a formula they're using that we haven't seen yet, but there's a formula that will determine what you are uh, maximum you could borrow. And the interest rate on these loans are very low, 2.75% for nonprofits and 3.75% for uh, for-profit businesses. And the best part is HERM. It's 30 years. I, wow. The way I'm reading it, automatically, it'll be a 30-year loan. So that makes it really easily, you know, not necessarily easy, but... It, it will certainly give you a much better shot at an at an affordable payment so that you don't go out and bite off more than you can chew and then you're saddled with a lot of debt. So it's these are things that really small businesses should take the time to discuss with their accountant, with their um, advisors, their board, uh, an urban league, uh, the SBDC, any of the other um, MBDC, Minority Business Development Center, um, offers all kinds of help. There are a number of resources out there that are held here to help you uh, and just talk you through it so to make sure you know everything you need to know so you can make the right decisions. Yeah, and we're posting all this information on our website on a regular basis, so anytime we get information, we're, we're making it known to people. So, because it seems like it's changing every day. You know, everything's yes. like the first way That's we had to apply, they created this. 
this long form that you had to do, and now they've made it short. But So they keep changing. Because I think they're running into difficulties, too, handling the supply and demand for this. I, I think the SBA is getting overrun right now. and uh, So they're learning as they go along as well. So I guess people just really yeah. have to be patient and pay attention. That's for sure. So what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, so those two, those three things are available. And if you already now, here's the thing with the Paycheck Protection Program. That loan is through a bank, and this has just started. Banks just started taking applications last Friday, and I understand that um, they have to be SBA approved, certified lenders already to administer this loan. And so what we're finding out, and I'm I'm still gathering information, but it seems there's some inconsistency among the banks as to what paperwork they're requiring, whether or not you have to be an existing customer with an existing relationship, how a, quote, relationship is defined. Now, I thought relationship would have meant As long as you have an account with that institution, that's a relationship. But I've heard today that for some banks, that does not in and of itself constitute a relationship. It would be more along the lines of um, you have existing lines of credit with the bank. You have existing, you have credit card accounts. You know, you've got other, other deeper connections with that bank. We're, we're of course advocating that that should not be a requirement. Why should smaller businesses that don't have a, either a need for those services or haven't grown to, you know, uh, have the capacity to handle those services yet be excluded? And right. so that's something I can tell you as an urban league, we will be having no certified statements, no audited statements. Small businesses just don't have that. And this right. is intended to, you know, give emergency aid. So that means right. quickly. So we got to keep advocating to, you know, make them realize that because um, that's not how it's being marketed. It's marketed right now that every bank, hey, go to your bank. But banks are making their yeah. own rules. Yeah, yeah, I think they have that, that they, uh, according to, we actually had a good, great conversation today with um, uh, Terry Dennison, who is the Deputy Regional Director for the SBA here in the Atlanta area. And, um, you know, again, the, the rules are, are being more clearly defined day by day. And uh, But Terry, you know, the, the SBA is getting calls from all kinds mm-hmm. of, you know, businesses asking questions and sharing what they're encountering. Because nobody, you, you don't know until it happens, right? Don't know until it happens. Yeah. yeah. So so that's, you know, kind of the big buckets of, you know, unemployment, critical, get on that. Now, the good thing about unemployment, one of the things we understand that uh, Commissioner um, Mark from the uh, Georgia Department of Labor, that they are asking employers, the companies, to uh, process the paperwork for unemployment so that they can work with companies as opposed to mm-hmm. lots and lots of individuals. 
Gotcha. So if you're if you've been laid off before you apply, check with your employer and find out if they've already applied for you. You may be ahead of the okay. game, which is great. So, you know, those are the things for businesses and individuals. Now, what do the urbanly do to make a shift to keep serving the people that we always serve? What have we been doing oh. as an organization? Oh, my goodness. I, I am so proud of our team and our clients because we right. made a decision, you know, uh, that we were Friday was going to be our last day and Monday we were going to be online over a weekend. And I can give you so many examples. Here's the good thing about what Urban League does. Everything we do involves either counseling or coaching people, either one-to-one based on their particular circumstances or in small groups, or we're training people or providing an educational uh, platform. And all of those things can be done either by phone, by tablet, by laptop, by desktop. Um, and one thing that it it was heartbreaking in many ways, but the sad thing is we do have a huge uh, di- uh, digital divide still mm-hmm. here in, ni- in 2020. And tons of our clients do not have high-speed Internet at home. Uh, many of them don't have tablets and laptops, but what they do have, which keeps us connected, is they have a phone, a smartphone. And so we have transitioned to Zoom conferences. I didn't know how to do Zoom. I can Zoom now. <laughs> yeah, I don't always want to. Yeah. I don't always want to. You are Zooming. <laughs> <laughs> We're Zooming, aren't we? We zoom. Zooming. We zoom. Oh yeah, and seniors are zooming. I I did a. Right. We do a call with my family. We had a great call last night. You know, my family's all over. You know, L.A., D.C., uh, Virginia, to Alabama, Atlanta, Chicago. I mean, we're just like Detroit. We're all over the place, and to see each other was just such a comfort. Oh, it was beautiful. And um, Zoom is free, y'all. You can get a free Zoom account and talk to people for up to 40 minutes for free. So that's a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, but to, to get back, so workforce is in full bloom. We are doing career readiness training online. We're doing a career coaching online. We're helping people who've been laid off, help them figure out their next steps, getting, helping them to get to unemployment helping them to make a decision, do you want to work again? Because we still have tons of employers, as you know, um, that are hiring, that are in these essential service arenas, Uh, the hospitals, the grocery stores, the pharmacies, still some of the restaurants, you know, are still doing a lot of carryout, truck drivers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want us to give us huge, huge, Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the men and women that are out there sacrificing, trying to figure this thing out, trying to help us, you know, be safe. Uh, I just thank you for, you know, sacrificing and really putting your lives on the line for the rest of us. Um, So we want, you know, we've got to make sure that um, we are supporting 
our frontline people to get their PPE equipment, personal protection equipment. If you've got a ton of masks and you can spare some, please donate them. If you've got extra gloves, donate them. Um, The last thing we need is for a family member or ourselves to need hospitalization and we don't have the care available because we were hoarding things. Um, right. And I know people are jacking prices. It's it's really a challenge all the way around. But we're here to really also bring stability, to remain calm. We know we're going to get through this. We're it's it's going to be hard, and we're going to have some hard times ahead. But we want people to know that Urban League cares about their circumstance, and we're going to do whatever we can to help them through. And so that's why our partnerships are so important. Let's talk so, just for a minute. You know, we use the word partnerships. What are some of the partnerships we have that are helping us do the work that we do? And, you know, talk about oh, our board, too. I mean, they've seen our board have just come through uh, dramatically. Uh, they are amazing. We've got the best board in town. I mean, <clears throat> in terms of engagement, uh, they care. They volunteer. They're personally vested. Um, we have almost 100% participation on all of the, you know, um, in-between emergency calls that we've had to have over the past uh, several weeks and just throughout the year. And um, so, uh, I mean, partnerships with organizations like uh, Comcast. When Comcast made the decision to offer free broadband, um, we got that information right away, and we pushed it out to people. Uh, we want to help people connect. Many of our, our, our board members are hiring. Home Depot is hiring. Um, you know, Grady is hiring. They're not on our board, but um, uh, CBS is hiring, Publix, Kroger's. And there are a lot of people that need and want to work, you know. And we've just been clear with all our employers that we work with, We've got to be sure that you're prepared with the PPE for all these individuals because, you know, we're not going to refer people to a job where they're not going to be safe. That's for sure. And um, so, you know, we're doing that. Partnerships in general, the education partnerships are so important because the biggest thing I think that we do is just before corona, came along, coronavirus, one of the things that this region had going for it was we were in a skills gap position. And what that means is there were more open jobs, good-paying jobs, that did not require a four-year degree available than people with the skills to get them. And so our whole focus was helping to tap into people's, help them tap into who they are and what they want to do and map that against where the money is being made. And here you can practically do anything you want, but there's film and television. And speaking of which, I thought, oh, the film and television folks are going to qualify for unemployment. Mm -hmm. They're going to qualify for some of these small loans. Um, You've got uh, transportation and logistics, IT, healthcare construction and the building trades. You've just got almost, you know, uh, uh, hospitality is booming. Aeronautics, so many things are here and open, wide open. 
It's just a matter of Urban League being wanting to be and being the bridge between the opportunities and our people. Um, so our At Promise Center operations went to the web. We're continuing with our GED classes. We're continuing with our career readiness, helping um, young people to prepare for school to get jobs. If that's their their uh, objective. Um, we're helping people through our um, five-star tenant program in partnership with Atlanta Housing. This I love. We are teaching people how to manage their money better. These individuals will have the opportunity to move into some new um, subsidized housing that is beautiful, that is being erected downtown. And But this is a prerequisite. They have to complete so many classes of uh, financial literacy training. They get coaching. We, do, uh, we look at their credit score. We support them to achieve a 700. And what we're just learning from uh, some of the seniors and, and the people we're working with, um, how resilient our folks really are. I mean, yeah, there are so many resilient. people. Oh, my goodness. The other yeah. thing, speaking of seniors, um, a lot of seniors rely, our, as seniors in our community, a lot of them, their biggest source of income is Social Security. And most people who get Social Security, if that's their primary source of income, they're not required to file a tax return. So some good news we learned is that anyone getting Social Security is automatically going to get their check. So that is really, really good news. Wow. Really good news. So I know we're getting close you know, to your time. Yeah, but the fact is, is that I've already agreed that we're going to do some special shows that we do a deeper dive, you know, on yeah. what's going on you know, with the Urban League and how we're trying to help people. We're going to set up some webinars with the SBA agreed to work with us today to do some webinars yeah. and really, as they understand these loans, explaining it to everyone else. And that's what I think the great thing about what we're doing now is the partnerships and the collaborations, you know. And when you're working on the governor's, governor's task team, I think that's going to make sure that we know exactly what we're doing. But you know, I'm going to ask you a final question, the question that was asked of Donald Trump. When people are suffering, people don't know what's going on, what would you say to our community right now to help them through this time? Uh, to, to reach out, reach out and ask for help. That's the important thing. Um, if, you're, if you see yourself coming close to needing food, don't wait until it's out. Reach out to the Urban League. Reach out to the United Way, 211. Reach out to uh, the, uh, the city. Um, there's a bunch of nonprofits, Families First, um, the Wise. All of us are geared up. We transitioned our financial opportunity center. We are now a financial opportunity and emergency relief center. That's what we're calling ourselves so that the community will know we care about what's happening with you. So reach out. Call us, our number, 404-659-1150. And uh, we are there to hear what you need. We may not have what you need, but we're going to find out who's got it. And uh, thankfully, we just heard that uh, United Way and Community Foundation have just made a second round of uh, grants to a lot of our grassroots and um, 
food serving uh, um, organizations, Gooder, uh, Jasmine Crow, who distributes food. She told us on our call, she's on the committee, that uh, she's distributing food at Douglas High School in that community. And she said um, there's they got a waiting list of 500 families. But she just wow. got word today that she's going to get 2,500 more um, uh boxes of food that she can distribute and it will produce 25 meals for a family so we just got to give them for those who can give you know give give up your check and donate it to your favorite organization right on well Miss Nancy Flake Johnson thank you for taking the time tonight I know you jumped jumped off of one call to jump on this call (laughs) so we're going to give you uh, you call it up the rest day, but you didn't rest much, and I talked to you at least three or four times a day. But, uh, <laughs> but I heard, you, you I heard that first segment, and I knew you were talking <laughs> to me, and I took it. And I, I, I absolutely thank you. All right. All right. Well, uh, we'll plan some more shows, but thank you for coming out, taking the time I'm to come on the show. And, uh, all right. You have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You too. Right. Take care. Right. Thank you, right. audience. Be safe. So you heard it, Urban League of Greater Atlanta, making it do what it do, as I always say. But we're going to be holding some more shows so you can find out more deeper, a deeper dive on exactly what the Urban League does. But if you're another organization out there that has work that you're doing in the community and you want to come share it on my show, please contact me. I know some people have called. I'm actually going to start doing more shows during the week to make sure everybody gets the word in. But I just want to thank you for your continued support. And I also want to give one more time a shout-out to Eddie T. Birthday coming up, April 9th. We'll make it one more year. If we can just keep them from going outside, that's been hard to do from what I hear. But this is Mark Parham, Cat Building Talk Radio Show. As I say every week, I look forward to our next encounter. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk. We hope you enjoy the show.